The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there. They also saw that Jesus had not gotten into the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. When the boats from the Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Verily, truly, I tell you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which is the son of which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. And then they said to him, What must we do what must we do to perform the works of God? And Jesus answered them, This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. And so they said to him, What sign are you going to give us then, so that we may see it and believe it, believe you? What work are you performing? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. And then Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but it was my Father who gives the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God... Is, which, is that which comes from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. May we be grateful for the hearing, the reading, and understanding of this word. Let us pray. Oh God, we give you thanks. And we thank you for speaking to us in the midst of it. And we pray that you would open our ears and our hearts to continue to hear what you may have to say to us this morning. If there was a piece of scripture that struck us this morning, help us to continue to reflect on it. And I pray in these coming moments you would speak through me and in spite of me. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll just use this one. That's fine. I closed my eyes and he vanished. Well, I can remember um, a few years ago, I was um, at the Roosevelt Inlet in, in Lewis. Many of you may have been here before or seen this. And um, I can remember going there at nighttime by myself. And as I drove down to the end and walked onto the beach and uh, just kind of sat there at the at the the corner of kind of where the inlet meets the Delaware Bay. Um, it was one of those nights where all the stars were visible in the sky. All the, um, it was just crystal clear. The boats out in the bay were kind of shining their lights, and you could see them glistening out in the horizon. And it was just one of those moments where I just sat there, and I really just felt close to God. I just felt um, God's presence among me, and, and I just uh, felt like this is, this is amazing, just sitting here in beautiful creation and feeling the presence of God. 
Have you ever had a place where you can go and experience that? A place where you're just in awe of how amazing God is and a place where maybe even unexpectedly you just begin to feel God's presence. A place where you can go and experience peace. And where's that place for you that you can go to? That place where you can go and be still and spend time with God. The God that we see most clearly revealed to us in the person of Jesus Christ. The same Jesus who in this scripture this morning calls himself the bread of life. And in the past several weeks, we've been looking at the different I am statements of Jesus in the Gospel of John. Seven times Jesus proclaims, I am, and, he's, and he finishes that. So we've looked at several of those, and this week we've, we're looking at the, the, the line where Jesus proclaims, I am the bread of life. And what does that even look like? What does that mean? And when we begin to read this scripture, it begins with uh, the, the section that I began with starts with on the next day. So anytime you're reading scripture and you read something like that, or uh, it says like after that, uh, they went here or on the next day, it, you know, you can begin to wonder, well, on what next day? So what happened the day before? Well, if you go a little before that, you'll, you'll realize that there's two kind of miracle stories that are taking place uh, right before um, verse 22 begins. It's a story where Jesus feeds the 5,000, the miracle. It's the story where uh, also where Jesus walks on water. So not only has Jesus uh, fed thousands of people with five loaves of bread and two fish, He's also walked on water, and these people are beginning to look for Jesus after he did these amazing signs and acts. And the crowd actually got into some boats, and they, they went to Capernaum, and they looked for Jesus. And they actually find him, and when they get there, and Jesus explained to them, explains to them why it is that they're really looking for him. And they're, they're, you know, hey, we've been looking for you, Jesus. And, and Jesus doesn't really answer a question that they give, but he basically tells them the reason that they have come to look for him is the wrong reason. Because Jesus says that it wasn't because of the miracle that you're looking for me. Jesus says you were looking for me because you got your fill on the bread. And Jesus tells them, in a teaching moment, don't work for temporary food that goes away, but focus on that which will last forever, the bread that Jesus offers. And of course, we need physical food and, and nourishment to survive in our daily lives, but Jesus is talking about a different kind of bread. And we see that Jesus begins to tell them that, that God was the one who provided manna from heaven, as the, the Exodus scripture read this morning. It was God that provided that, not Moses. And Jesus said that the bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So you kind of see this even Old Testament connection of, of, of manna coming from heaven um, to sustain the Israelites in the wilderness after they escaped uh, slavery in Egypt. And now you have Jesus, the bread from heaven, coming to, to save the world and to be the savior uh, of the world. And after Jesus kind of goes through this, the crowd's thinking, wow, that bread from heaven, that, that sounds amazing. I'll, I'll take some of that. I will, I will have some of that, that bread from heaven. And then Jesus kind of throws the line on them and says, uh, I am the bread of heaven, or I am the bread of life. That's me. In other words, Jesus is saying, you want this bread, you are looking at it. 
You are looking at the bread of heaven. I am standing right before you. And Jesus said to those who believe in him will not go hungry, and those who believe in, or come to him will not go hungry, and those who believe in him will not be thirsty. So let's talk a little bit this morning about Jesus saying, I am the bread of life, and, and how Jesus also says those who believe in him will not be thirsty. We look at this idea of believing this morning, having faith in Christ, of trusting God. And, and being a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Each and every morning when we wake up, there are certain things that we all do before we get to wherever it is we need to go. We don't just teleport to wherever it is we need to be, whether it's school or work or visiting someone or whatever it may be, or the errands we have to do for that day. We wake up, we maybe sit on the edge of the bed for, the, for a minute and decide whether we're going to fall back down or stand up. We maybe hit the snooze button or maybe we pop right up or whatever it may be, but we have kind of routines that are kind of normal for us, you know, if everything goes smooth. Maybe maybe we shower in the mornings, maybe we uh, have the outfit already picked out or we go through and try to figure out what we're going to wear, we get ready and we kind of have a a time, you know, it takes me about this amount of time to get ready and I know that I need to be, if I need to be out the door at this time, I need to wake up at, at this time. So there's things that need to be done in order to get us to where it is ultimately that we need to be. And there's a process that takes place there. And it's similar in our faith journey. Each day isn't just about waking up. It's not just like the day is complete because we woke up, but when we wake up, there are things that that we do. There are things that we're called to do. There are things that we're obligated to do even. So it's not just about waking up. And that's like the faith journey. It's not just about coming to faith. It's not just about waking up to God's presence and love in our lives. There is more to it after that. And that's something I want to remind us with today. I think one thing we can gather from this scripture is this, is that trusting in the bread of life is the start of the journey, not the end. When we truly trust in the bread of life, who is Jesus Christ, the risen, resurrected Lord and Savior of the world, it's the start of the journey. It's not the end. The question is asked of Jesus in the scripture, what must we do to perform the works of God? It's not a bad question. And Jesus responds, not by saying, work harder. That's how you can perform the works of God. Jesus doesn't say, you want to perform the works of God? Try more. Or why don't you try to stop messing up so much? Jesus doesn't say those things. Jesus' response in verse 29 is this. He says, this is the work of God, that you believe in him whom he sent. That you believe in Christ. That you have faith in Christ. But that's the beginning of the journey. That's the beginning of the awakening. For many, faith is is viewed as the end point. You know, that's it. I believe. So, that's all. And it's just the beginning. Now, for some of us, that that is the end. There are people who sometimes have that awakening moment as they're taking taking their last breaths, possibly. Or they're on their deathbed, and, and they experience God's love in a profound way and realize God was always there, and they, they experience that transforming moment even in their last 
breath. But for many of us, we believe well before that. We come to faith well before we take our last breath. And, and then what do we do in the meantime between faith and between our last breath? We live it out. We become people who are disciples of Jesus Christ. We, we live out this faith. We grow in this faith. And unfortunately, some of us have great experiences of God and then do nothing with it. Or we have those moments and then choose to do nothing about it. Or maybe some will say they believed when they were younger, but for whatever reason they strayed away and God isn't as important anymore, or church isn't as important anymore, and there's nothing done to further the faith, to grow in that faith, to strengthen in that faith. Not to say someone can't believe in Jesus and not be a part of the church. There are many Christians, for whatever reasons, that are not involved in the church but still believe, whether it's hurt or pain or just different reasonings. But the faith community is important. It's an important body to be a part of. And as we remember as disciples of Jesus Christ that faith is just the beginning of our journey. Faith is just the starting point. The moment we put our faith in Christ is not the end. But in many ways, it is just the beginning. There's something to this Christian life after we believe. Now, faith is essential, of course. It's how we come into that relationship with God. It's how we experience a beautiful reconciliation and we practice that ministry of reconciliation with others as well we experience forgiveness but James in the New Testament talks a little bit more and goes another step beyond faith kind of illustrates this point that's being made this morning that it's not just about belief but it's then going further and this is what James says to illustrate this he says some will say that you have faith and I have works Show me your faith apart from your works, and I, by my works, will show you my faith. You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. And then he says later in chapter 2, For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. So the scripture reminds us that there's something to living out this faith that we proclaim to have. We can do our, all sorts of, of good works. But is our faith tied into that? As we begin to believe and, and wake up to the realization that God is alive and that God is with us and God has always been with us and Jesus is the resurrected Lord and Savior of the world, as we put our trust and our faith in that, we then go and live a life that strengthens that faith, that grows our love for God and our love for neighbor. And we do that for the remainder of our days, to live in grateful response for, for all that God has done. The realization is that we can't do anything to make God love us any more than God already does. And we can't do anything to make God love, love us any less. It's not by our works. It's not trying harder. It's not, you know, bargaining with God. I'll go to church for this many years if you heal this person or whatever it is. But it, it's, it's living in grateful response to what God has done in our lives. And it's living that faith out each and every day. 
and trusting that God loves us just as we are. But yet, faith without works is dead. So belief and trust in Christ is essential. But then, as a response to that, is our works. It's those acts of compassion and justice and worship and devotion that we've been talking about so much this year that we live out this faith. And as people created in the image of God, all of us, it is by faith that we enter into this relationship. Romans reminds us that it's by grace through faith that we are saved. You know, sometimes we <clears throat> hear the song Amazing Grace, or the old hymn, many verses and different versions now today, but there's a, a, a section in there that always kind of makes me stop and reflect, and it's the part that says um, um, about how grace appeared, the hour I first believed. Remember that part? The hour I first believed. And every time I think of that, I go back to a moment in my life where I can remember feeling like I believe. I believe for myself. And for some of us, we can remember maybe a moment or this transformative moment in our lives and we can remember exactly how that was and how that felt. And that's great, but that's not everybody's story because some of us don't have that moment. For some, it's a more gradual experience. And we can look back and say, wow, I might not be able to point to this moment or that moment, but I know that I believe. And that's a beautiful story too. I think sometimes we, we compare and we hear about Paul's radical conversion and being thrown to the ground and blinded, and, and some people might have a story like that, but, but many of us don't, and that's okay. But how are we living out that faith now? How are we responding to God's love in our lives now? Believing, as I've said, you, you'll hear a lot, and um, different preachers have different themes that eventually they'll come back up again and again. And I think some of my main ones are that we are to be a people who grow in our love for God and our love for neighbor each and every day. And tied into that is a theme that, that I always try to press down on is that faith is more than just believing. And it is the beginning of a journey of growing to look like Jesus more and more every day. It's, it's, it, the gospel is not about believing so that we can punch our ticket to heaven. It's about living on earth as it is in heaven, as we see in the New Testament. It's about being kingdom people here and now. And we celebrate and, and look forward to eternal life? Absolutely. But God is doing a work here and now among us. And it's amazing to be able to be a part, about that, a part of that. Think about this. The crowd was asking for this bread. The crowd was asking for the bread of life and didn't realize that it was standing right in front of them. I can look back at times in my own life and where I just wanted to know that God was real. And there was a moment I can remember where, where I felt that God revealed that to me. But what was even more amazing is I think I began to end up realizing that God had been with me all along. Even when I didn't want to believe in God, even when I didn't think God was real, even, even when I struggled, I can look back and think, yep, God was right there. God was, was working and moving, and, and we can look back at our own lives and realize God has been with us all along. And I wonder today, does God need to prove 
to you that God is real? Is that maybe a prayer that you have? I love coming to worship. I love praying. I love doing all these things and being involved in the church, but I just yearn for a God moment. Because sometimes I feel like I'm going through the motions. Is that you? I, I just want to, to experience God in a powerful and amazing way. What if I told you this morning that God's been with you all along? What if I told you that God's been leading you to a place to make a decision for Christ, to be a disciple? What if I told you that God's been at work in your life even before you've realized it? Back to the Roosevelt Inlet. You know, lots of fishermen and fisherwomen go out down that canal and they go out the Roosevelt Inlet into the Delaware Bay. But they need a way to get to the Delaware Bay from that area. You know, as I continued to reflect on that beautiful evening where I was out on that beach, it struck me that the Roosevelt Inlet is a lot like our commitment to Christ. It's a lot like our faith. It's an extremely important starting place for our journey with God. Because those who are fishing or out on those boats don't just stop at the inlet and anchor inside the, the, the small canal. They just don't, they, they may park their boats there and things, but they don't stay there. They begin to journey out. They begin to go out, and, and that inlet is their way out. That inlet is the way they journey to the greater waters. It's like our awakening moment. It's like the moment where we decide to put our faith and trust in Jesus is like that inlet. But we don't stay in the inlet. We continue to move out into the Delaware Bay or perhaps even to the Atlantic Ocean where endless journeys could be ahead. Do you see what I'm trying to get at today? Our faith is important, but we need to go beyond. We need to go beyond by putting this faith into action. Do you want Jesus, the bread of life, to be real to you? Do you want Jesus to be real to you all the time? Do you want to follow Jesus into a hurting world and to help people by making this world look more like heaven? Then I send you from this place today to go out and to be that, to be Christ for people, to encourage others, to put your faith into action by showing compassion to others, by practicing justice when you see injustice, by praying and practicing those acts of devotion and scripture reading, and by practicing those acts of worship, one of which is an example of what you're doing here this morning. And when you do those things, and when you faithfully do those things, you're going to look an awful lot more like Jesus Christ. You're going to look an awful lot like the love of Christ in the world. So let us feast on the bread of life and let us reflect that love to all. Let us take a moment to stop and reflect. Take a moment to...